from the city of Wari, Nigeria. It's the Kingdom Advancement Summit 2022 with a theme, Times and Seasons. For further inquiries, please call 0916-199-8996 or you can visit our website www.gcamglobal.org That is www.gkamglobal.org God bless you. magnify you for your goodness we just thank you for your love we appreciate you because you are such a loving precious and a wonderful father even our lord we come before you grant us wisdom understanding that we receive your word for edification in jesus name amen okay so i'm asked to continue from where i stopped yesterday for those of us who were not around maybe you can get those, uh, the messages and just go through them. And so I'm going to build on that. And my main text yesterday was Daniel chapter 2 from 21 in particular. And uh, I try to make us understand that Daniel said this in relation to what God intended to do, which he revealed to Nebuchadnezzar when he got an image. So you have the head of gold, you have the silver, the brass, and the iron defeat. And uh, the revelation was to indicate that all of those nations or kingdoms will come down, but only one kingdom will abide, and that is the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And so when he says here, he changes the times and the seasons... He removed kings and set up kings. He gave wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He meant to say, God is trying to talk to you about what he intended to do. And you are going to be removed from the throne. So, the times of the season has to do with the years, in quote, that all of those kingdoms were supposed to abide and whatever thing they were supposed to achieve within that period, but after which they must leave the scene for another kingdom to come into place. Amen? Praise God. So that is what I mean by times and season. Then we touch um, Ecclesiastes 3, verse number 1. Yeah, we say to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. For everything. So that includes you. That includes even your business, whatever things that you are supposed to be engaging in. There is a time and a season for everything under the face of the head, under heaven. There's a purpose for your calling. There's a purpose for you being born again. There's a purpose for you even coming to this life. There is a purpose for that. Hallelujah. And God is saying you need to watch out for those purposes. That's part of what we're dealing with yesterday. And very important. Now, uh, let me just look a, a little bit of the life of Jesus briefly again and see how this played out. Matthew 16, I'm reading from verse number 1. The Bible of the Pharisees also with the Sadducees came. All is, uh, anytime I read about these people, I find that they look to be very sad people. Uh, the Sadducees, they were always very sad. So that's why they are less questioning Jesus anyhow. You know, attempting to desire him that he should show them a sign from heaven. 
He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, you can design the face of the sky, but you do not or you can yet not design what? The signs of the times. You, you have all of whatever you want to talk about to describe whatever thing is going to happen, but you are unable to design the signs of the times. That means they were in a particular time and they have no clue about it. That tells you that you can be in a season in God and yet you have no understanding about what God is doing. And it could be very unfortunate for you. God can bring you to a particular time in your walk in God or even in life, yet you have no understanding. And when you don't understand when God intends to do specific things about your life, your ministry, you, the goodness of that eludes you because he makes the provision. The providence for you to succeed at that particular time comes from God. But if you don't have understanding about it, it will elude you. And if you, if you, if you miss a season in your life, You've missed it because you can't easily rewind the clock. Praise God. The signs of the times. Basically, two things. Which Jesus was trying to tell them. The first thing was, you don't understand that the Romans are about to come and destroy this nation. You have no clue about that. Even though he mentioned it to the disciples. When you see the city compassed about. He told them in 24. That which the church preached to be the signs of the end of the world. Is absolutely nothing to do with that. It talks about the sign of the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70. That's Matthew 24. Matthew 24 is a fulfilled prophecy. It was not a reference to 2000 years down the line. Because in Luke 21, he told you, when you see the city compass about, know that the desolation spoken of by Daniel is nigh. Now, I've told you all of that, but you don't have an understanding about what is about to happen. And yet, you think you know. You think you have understanding. You don't know the season that you are as a nation. This is what he was telling them. Now, the second thing was, because they go alongside you have been expecting the Messiah, and here is the Messiah standing before you. But you don't know the time and the season you are, that the Messiah that you have been expecting is right available right now. You don't have a clue about that. And because you don't even know that there is a Messiah, therefore, your ignorance and your rejection of the Messiah will culminate in the destruction of the city that you are living in. That means the things sometimes God sends across to you to keep you going in life, you miss them when you don't have that understanding of the season that you are. It could even be people that God sends your way. Oh, glory. It could be human beings that God will just bring close to you so that you benefit from that relationship to fulfill your own prophetic destiny. But because you don't understand it, you can reject the relationship. You see, Lord never had any covenant with God. Why did he become successful? 
Because he had a relationship with Abraham. It was Abraham that God made a covenant with. And he took Lord along with him. The covenant flowed from Abraham right unto him. Because Deuteronomy 8, it talks about the covenant he made with the fathers. You realize that even the sheep or the farm, whatever produce of Lord became so prosperous. Because it connected to that blessing that said, in blessing, I'm going to bless you. He said that to Abraham. But because he connected to Abraham, he got a blessing. Are you listening to me? God can send some people your way. Now, that's exactly what happened. Jesus was saying to the Jews, in quote, but because they have no understanding that this is a man that God has sent to us, they rejected him. And what was the outcome of that? The destruction of this city. It's important you know the season that you are. It's important you know the relationship that God has brought you into in life. Praise God. The science of the time. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, like I said, they have no clue about the situation and the season that they were. Now, let me show you the first, that is the, 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 the second face and precise. Mark chapter 1, 14, 15. What I was telling about the science of the time, the season that they were. Praise God. Mark 1, 14. Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. <laughs> this is what he started with. And it's important we acknowledge what he started with. And like you can find in Acts chapter 1 of the thing that Jesus began both to do and to teach. What he began both to do and to teach. What did he begin to do? Message of the kingdom. Which is called the good news. Verse 15. And saying the time is fulfilled. That's the key. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and do what? Believe the good news of the kingdom. The time is fulfilled. What time was that? This is the same thing he was telling the people you have no knowledge, no understanding of the time and the season you are. He is declaring that the time is fulfilled. What time was that? That is Daniel chapter 9 from verse 24 to 27. You remember the, 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 the prophecy of Daniel chapter 9? When shall put an end to sin and the most holy place shall be anointed and the prince of the people shall be cut off half of... You understand what I'm saying? That was a sign of the time. So what he was telling them was, everything that Daniel said in Daniel chapter 9 is just being fulfilled. Right under your nose, but you have no understanding about it. But yet you've been reading the book and believing in the prophecy. Are you getting this? If you must read very fast, 70 weeks are determined upon the people. And upon the holy city to finish the transgression. Finish transgression have nothing to do with anything other than to end everything that has to do with sin 
and the sacrifices that were always offered in the temple. To finish the transgression, in other words, to offer one sacrifice for all. That's what he meant to say there. And that's what he was telling the people. So he's saying, I came to fulfill this scripture, but yet you have no understanding. But you've been reading about it. You've been, you've been reading all of those prophecies about the Messiah that is coming. Now here is the Messiah, but I'm not clear about it. You remember when John was put in prison, as a matter of fact, and he sent his own disciples to Jesus and said, go find out from him if he's a Messiah. How many of you remember that? Why was he doing that? <laughs> if you look at John in the first place, you realize, no, look, You'll be able to see before he went to baptism. And he was saying, the Messiah is come as it were, but I know him not. Three times he said, I know the Messiah. What do you mean? I thought Jesus and John were six months apart. They were cousins. So he wasn't saying, I don't know who Jesus was. I don't know the Messiah, the one resident in his life. It's about the father that asked me to baptize, told me the man that the dove will rest upon, he is the one you are looking for. So the excess of John baptism in River Jordan was to locate the Messiah. And as soon as the dove rested on him, he proclaimed him, this is the Messiah. He ended his baptism. His ministry was over. The next thing he went to prison. People say he missed it. He never missed it. His ministry has ended. If John have not left the scene, Jesus would not start off. Why? Because he acknowledged John to be a great prophet of God. And so when the voice came, this is my beloved son. What he was telling Israel was, listen, you've always believed John to be the major prophet, but now here is my son. Turn your eyes away from John and look unto my son. That was the excess of the baptism of River Jordan. John fulfilled his ministry completely. He never made any mistake about it. Hallelujah. The second reason why he had to baptize was, remember, it was repentance from sin. So what sin did Jesus commit for him to go to repentance? That's what the church can explain to us. Right? Because the baptism of John was for repentance of sin. I mean, if you understand what I'm saying. So what was the sin of Jesus? Jesus was born under the law. Going to Galatians 4. So he repented of the law. Not for any sin that he committed. And John again, you find that he was from the priestly family. And for any lamb to be offered, he has to be washed. Therefore, Jesus has to be washed in River Jordan in preparation for his death. These are the three reasons why Jesus went for baptism. Are you following me? To end the transgression, to make an end of sin, and to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and the prophecy, and to annoy the most holy place. Everything is talking about him. So, he is telling the Pharisees and the Sadducees, this is the hour that we are in, but you have no understanding about it. I have come to fulfill Daniel chapter 9, 24 to 27. But you have no understanding about it. You have no clue about it. You are rejecting me. You are asking me all this manner of questions. And because of this rejection, this is what is forthcoming. The destruction of the city. 
yet you have no understanding about it. What am I saying? God can send some people to you who are actually, not that they are saving you, but they've come to be the people that can propel you into your ministry, into your future, into your prophetic destiny. When you reject them, you put in a shade on that which God has in mind for you. That season will elude you. Praise God. Are we still here? All right. So, I just going to take a little bit fast. So basically, like I said, everything is done according to plan. By the divine wisdom of God, he never miss his timing. If you remember Galatians 4, when the fullness of time was come, God sent for his son. He is not going to do it outside of time or before time. It is always on time. Praise God. The second thing you find there is that the kingdom and the reign of sin have to be destroyed. That's the natural kingdom. So that the kingdom of grace, which is the kingdom of God, might be established. This is what I've come to do. But you don't have understanding about it. Praise the living God. Just move on. Other things you can look on there. That is why you look in Ephesians 1, verse 9 to 10. The Bible now says, Having been known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has proposed in himself, that is God, that and the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. This is what I've come to do, Jesus is saying. But he won't come to me. I'm here to bring reconciliation to all things unto all men. Back to God. You won't take that. You miss your time and your season. Praise God. Let's look at it on a personal level. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11. He says, thank you, Lord. I return and sunder the sun that the race is not to the swift, not the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happened to them all. Time and chance. Are you still there with me? You, you could be very skillful, but God can present an opportunity for you to make use of your skill and you miss it. Not because we are not skillful, but because you don't understand when God intends you to make manifest those graces that are in your life so that you enter into a realm of rest. You can miss it when you have no understanding of the season. Not because you are not skillful. Not because you are not intelligent enough. And not because God has not made the provision available for you to ride into victory. But because you just do not understand your time and your season. So it's not because of strength or anything that will succeed. If you catch up with the season you are, the provision for success is already made available. This is the key thing about life. 
Praise God. A time and chance, opportunities, privileges, occurrences, oh glory, that are made available. I used to have this thought all the time, you know, when Elijah was asked to go meet the woman of Zarephath. How many of you understand that? She was not the only widow in Israel anyway. Is that okay? <laughs> but we know they used to say, well, you don't have to be a prophet and, and live in debt. I understand. But if you take time to check the Bible, made us to understand diligent study that that man was actually Obadiah. And he was feeding those prophets that were hidden. And he was in the palace of Ahab. So he was taking money from there and feeding those prophets. He was borrowing money to feed those prophets. That's how he got into debt. He was working for God. That's why God had to locate his family to pay off the debt. You understand that? Your labels are never going to be in vain. <laughs> God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If you don't catch it, your generations to come will catch it. You're sowing seed ahead of people to come. Don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap your reward. Now, but here is where I'm going to. We are made to understand Elijah came right in the city. At the escort of the city, the woman was also coming out. There was a divine timing. If, if the woman hadn't seen Elijah that moment, all of those miracles wouldn't have happened. Why did she have to come out at the very time that Elijah was moving into the city? Because God has made a provision to take care of the family, to pay off the debts. You can miss the timing. This is why it says it's not by skill, it's not by strength, it's just time and chance. So God may be sending somebody your way, God may be opening a door for you, but you don't understand the season that you are. And you can miss that opportunity. And once you miss it, it's gone. You can get it back. That's why you have to be sensitive. How oh, glory to God. Is anybody following what I'm saying? Time and chance happen to them all. Every man has what? We may call time. We call it time and speak to act. Everybody has an opportunity to do something peculiar. Everybody have the grace and the opportunity to move into life. It's not going to be by accident. It's divinely orchestrated by God. But the problem we have is designing the time and the season. Let me give a simple illustration. Some of you here have heard about my work with Dr. Robert Munian. When in 1992, the Lord spoke to me and he said, Miraculous, I was praying and I said, I know. Anybody that carries the Bible is called a pastor. But I also do know that there are fivefold grace in the Bible. Where did I belong to? In the village. And I went to pray at about 9 p.m. A hand literally came from the wall. Like you find the book of Daniel, many, many take off first Hand literally came from the wall and wrote down 2 Timothy 1 verse 11. I picked the Bible and I read it and he said, I call as an apostle, a prophet, a teacher of the Gentiles. I have no understanding about what all of those things meant. Because I was not even under anybody. 
And then 2005, I was reading one book, reading my team early. And he was talking about the prophets, of, I mean the apostles, the ascension apostles of Jesus Christ. Mentioned people like Noah Woodrow, you know, Robert Munian, all of them, Tim Melly. They were all just being cataloged in that book. Instantly, I closed the book and I nailed down. I said, Father, listen to me. If you told me in 1992 that I'm, a, I'm an apostle, if that is true, may I be named among these people? And I left. That was around March. May that year, Dr. Robert was asked to come and minister in Aquaibon. And one of my very good friends, he's going to be here later. Just come, Mr. David. When you used to come to Lagos to Tunde Bakari's meeting, you used to talk about the kingdom of God. I would like you to go to that conference and speak about the kingdom of God. And uh, I said, well, I'm not sure I'm going to go. And then that night, I had a dream. What was it? I was preaching to a Calabar somebody. Somebody whom I know to be from Calabar. I was not preaching to him. I woke up in the morning and I said, no, I have to make this journey. It's not by incident that I'm preaching to a Calabar person. You remember that guy at, uh, yeah, yeah. That was it. That's how I went to Aquaibon. And then on getting to that place, Munia flight delayed, like your flight was delayed. And then they called and said, start the meeting. Until he comes. I started preaching. Munia walked in, heard me for about 30 minutes. As soon as we finished the conference, I just called him. He said, can I see you? And I came out and he said, do you know Kelly Van? I said, I don't know you. About five, six people called him. I said, I don't See, how do you come about this? So, but anyway, from today, you are my friend. This is my number. Call my number anytime. And that year, he just sent a ticket. You come in to preach the kingdom of God in my conference in South Africa. That's 2005, September. I'm buying you your ticket. I'm giving you an honorarium, and I'm going to give you accommodation. Don't worry about that. And I'm told you are writing a book. I said, yes. How much will it cost? I have no idea. I said, go look for it. He sent me 500 US dollar then, 2005. Put it in a book. I have no account at that time. Put it into a book, seal it up, send it to the post office. He said, go pick the book. Open inside, there's 500 US dollar. Change this and publish the book. Bring all of them to my conference. I'm going to sell them for you. That was an opportunity. If I have missed that moment, I will have missed a lot of things. And in the course of ministration, he made certain statement and then question came as regards to John 14 and he was struggling to answer his questions. Then I said, can I come in? So yeah, David coming. And then I came in and answered the question. Before I could finish, an unction came and said, can I pray for you? I said, yes, you can. He said, today your voice shall be heard in the world. That was it. Time and chance. If you miss your timing, you can recover it. Are you listening to me? Yes, why you have to be sensitive. And the only thing that pushed me to that conference was the dream that I had. God was orchestrating something in the spirit realm unknown to me. But he has to quicken that to my understanding because of the dream. You need some dreams that will take you to your prophetic destiny. You need some people to speak over your life that will get you to where you are supposed to be. 
A conference is like this. It could be the time you are looking for. It could be the opportunity you want. It could be the hour that God has called you into. Because one word from the ministration will trigger you to the level that you are supposed to be. It could be just one word. Praise God. So it's time and chance, people of God. It has nothing to do with anything. And that's why I keep telling people. There is no generational altar that can keep you bound. No. No. If you understand the frequency in the spirit, nothing like that can keep you. Huh? Praise God. <laughs> Those who are dead, they are dead. As far as I'm concerned, they are dead, they are dead. <laughs> I was giving them illustration a few days ago. When my, grand, when my father died, I went to the village, Austin, and then they said, oh, you see, your father didn't bury the mother. Um, is it the grandmother? I don't know. One of them wasn't buried, so uh, before we could do this, you see, you have to do that. I said, what are you talking about? Bury the other one before I can bury my father? I said, yes. It wasn't my mother. It wasn't my father. The man that was his mother is dead. You can, they can reconcile that one there. This is my father that died. I'm burying my father. I don't know anything about that one. And my grandmother never come out to ask me, why didn't you bury me? Nothing to do with you. The only reason generational causes work on your life, you find the book of Luke. You say you are the one that paint the tombs. Your father buried them, you paint the tombs. So when you're doing the work, your father, then whatever thing they do will catch up with you. Praise God. Look with me, Leviticus 26, verse number 4. Or for time's sake, uh, just go to Deuteronomy 11. But you can write that down. Uh, it's important to get that. Otherwise, Deuteronomy 11, verse number 14. Praise God. That I will give you the rain of your land in due season. I want you to mark the word due season. The falls and the lottery, that thou mayest gather in thy corn and the wine and the oil. Glory. There is a rain for what? A due season. You miss that. Listen, when this rain is falling, think about it. If rain is falling, you need to get the water, put your bowl outside, right? If you miss the rain in season, you didn't put, how will you catch the water? How are you going to get the rain? And guess what? When the rain comes, the productivity follows. So when you miss the timing, you shut down on the power of your productivity. Are you sitting there with me? Whether it's ministry, whether it's business, there is a timing for productivity. Once you can catch it, you will come to where you're supposed to be. Praise the living God. And so, in Proverbs 15, verse 23, the Bible said, A man had joy by the answer of his mouth, and it was spoken in due season, how good it is. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at ministry now, from this perspective. Naturally, anybody else, you can all get the timing for the rain. But the ministry is important. When it comes to the place of ministry, you are not only catching up with what you need as the world. You come into the place where you'll be able to deliver a word that will make people 
not only established, but happy and elevated. I'll make you see that. Look at it again. Matthew 24, verse 45. Who then is a faithful and a wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household, to do what? To give them meat, what? In due season. And no, I remember, Proverb tells us, a man had joy by the answer of his mouth and the word spoken what? In due season. How good it is. What is that supposed to mean? You don't just preach because you want to preach. There is a word in season for your church. You can watch TV. Oh, I like what that man is preaching. You just speak it. No. It could be there's a season God wants your people to be taught about finances. You don't have to start teaching other things. No, the season then is finance. To break the yoke, to break the poverty level in that church, you start dealing with finance. Giving word to the people in due season. Are you still with me? So it's not a, oh, I love the scripture. Woo, I'm going to dish this on Sunday. No. That is not ministry. That is not ministry. Amen. You know, I started a series on on thoughts. Did it for one month, four weeks. Now I was praying, and the Lord just presented my heart. Let the people know how that they are taught. Can either take them up or put them stagnated. And I went through that. Those receiving the messages, some of you. Yeah, I went through that. I've got a lot of testimonies coming in, even within this church. People coming and tell me, since you started this series, my life has changed. My thinking has changed. The things that I thought were obstacles, I discovered that it was only thinking that made them obstacle. A word in due season. You don't just preach because you want to preach. It is not how fantastic the thing sounds. It is how much deliverance the people have. And God ordained certain words to be given to the people in this season. And God said, you are a faithful servant if you're doing that. So what season is your church? What season are your people? Come on, are you following what I'm saying here? Praise God. Isaiah 59 says, verse 4. The Lord has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how glory to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakened me, I mean morning by morning, he wakened my ear to hear what and do what? As the land. In due season, he gave me words to give to people who are weary. People who are fainting. The word that God gives to you, give them life. That's the word in due season for those people. That's why you should pray through. What God wants for your family. What God wants for your church. It's not how fantastic. You know, it's just like, <laughs> what is going on? About grace, grace, grace. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, people have asked me the question, uh, uh, Pastor, are you a grace preacher? I'm not a grace preacher. So what do you preach? I preach the kingdom of God. Only one message. Everything is found within that message. Jesus didn't preach grace. He preached God's kingdom. 
and everything, salvation, healing, deliverance, they are all right to the message of the kingdom. He said, go preach the kingdom, heal the sick, cast out devils. And when he was saying, take nothing along with you. When they came back, when I asked you to go, did you like anything? He said, no, we like nothing. So finances are there in the message of the kingdom. So it's not about grace, 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 grace. There's so much about grace. It's not just about your sins are forgiven. That is just an aspect of it. Religiously, if I may use the word. But grace also is the ability for God to stop you from sinning. I mean, if you understand that. <laughs> because when Jesus spoke to the woman and said, from today go and see no more. He empowered the woman. The thought of sinning will no longer cross your mind anymore. When he said go here and preach the gospel, he empower you to preach the gospel. So go and see no more. That from today you can't sin anymore. That is grace. Ability to do what ordinarily you cannot do. It's what is called grace. Are you following me? And so, when you look at John chapter 5, and verse 35, it says, in relation to John, Jesus was speaking, he said, he was a bony and a shiny light. And you were willing for a season to rejoice what? In his light. And so it's important, as a minister, that you realize the season you are, and not just that. You also take advantage of the light, which is past season, that God has sent among you. It's important. And that is what it means in Jesus. He was about to be a light in the generation. I am the light of the world. But the Jews miss the light. That means the misia season in Jesus Christ. The Jews, yes, they received John. And they rejoiced in his light. But they forgot that that light will point into a greater light. They missed their season. May that not be your portion in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't know if I can go, but I think I may probably be stopping. Okay, let's take something again. Habakkuk 2 verse number 3. Habakkuk 2 verse number 3. Let's go fast a little bit so that I can give chance to my brother to come share with us. For the vision is here for an appointed time. Everybody say appointed time. But at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Visions are timely. If God gives you a vision, two things. Don't be in a hurry to get it fulfilled. But realize there is a time and a season for you to walk into something else. And I just illustrated to you how the vision of the night sent me to cross rivers. I mean, Aquaibon. Are you understanding that? There's a time for every vision to be fulfilled. You must know when that time is at hand. Like he said in Mark chapter 1. The time is fulfilled. So every vision have a timing. You got to watch out for the timing and the season. How that vision will come to fulfillment. Praise God. Mm-hmm. And so here we find again in Luke chapter 1 verse 20. <laughs> I like this. Look at 1 verse 20 and the Bible says, And behold, that shall be done. Zachariah now. Is that okay? And not be able to speak until the day that this thing shall be what performed because thou believest not my words. Hallelujah. We shall be fulfilled when? In their season. You didn't believe it. You're going to be dumb. When you have a vision, watch out for the fulfillment. 
Don't doubt it. Don't abuse it. Don't run ahead of it. There's a time for the fulfillment. There's a season for that vision to work out. Whatever thing he's been spoken about. And so God told Zachariah and said, listen to me. I'm going to let you have a child at your old age. Zachariah said, how oh, can that be at my age? No, forget that. And God said, okay, fine. This vision, this prophecy I gave to you is going to come to fulfillment. But you are going to be dumb before that time. What a way to have a prophecy fulfilled. Isn't it wonderful? That you have to be dumb just to be able to get a prophecy fulfilled. And it's very good because sometimes you talk too much. Keep your mouth shut until this thing is made manifest. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? And I told them on Sunday here, that's why you have to be careful. You don't, you don't really have to think about people, whatever thing is going on. Because see, the sin that you commit and God can let you go, if I commit that, he may deal with me. Because we are operating from different frequency as far as his call is concerned. Otherwise, look at this. Abraham doubted God that he was going to have a child at his old age. Am I correct? God let him go. Now, Zechariah doubted God. What happened? He was dumb. So, my brother, don't consider my life. Oh. Think of your life. Your walk with God determines how God deals with you. So don't measure yourself with any other man. And I said somebody this, this, the same thing the other time. How many of you realize that Peter and Judas committed the same offense? They have the same sin. What was the sin? Rejection of Jesus. Judas rejected Jesus. Is that okay? That's why he sold him. Peter rejected Jesus, denied him three times. The same offense. Why was Peter freed? Jesus prayed for him. Aside of that, Judas repented towards men instead of towards Christ. That was a mistake of Judas. If he had come to the Lord and said, I'm sorry, the Lord would forgive him. Because who else will have betrayed him? You or me? He got a ministry. He did a good job. In fact, he was one among the people that Jesus called friend. Who is a friend? Only your friend knows your secret. Huh? And Judah was also from the tribe of, of, of the priesthood. He started the background. And the priest must be the one to offer the lamb. Praise God. I don't know if you follow what I'm talking about here. Nobody else could have done that. He is the most qualified person to offer the lamb. But foolishly he repented towards me instead of going back to Jesus. That was a mistake. That's why you have to have discernment. You got to use it in certain areas. You got to be wise. You got to have understanding. You got to relate back to him. Praise God. All right. So, you know the story of Jesus. In John chapter 7, you know, the feast was coming. And the brothers, Master mentioned this. And the brother said, Go to Jerusalem, perform miracles. You can't be doing this in this kind of a place. Jesus said, no. My time is not yet. He has a time to start doing miracles. But remember, he went to Jerusalem. Meaning, something kept him behind. Because he went halfway of the feast. There was something perhaps that he was doing. Nobody knows. I can't explain. It's not in the Bible. Some people say Jesus lied. He never lied. If anything, he walked with wisdom. 
Because they are going to Jerusalem, they will kill him before his time. Don't be stupid. Is that okay? Because you think you have power? No, no, no. You can't be more powerful than Apostle Paul who was raising all the people. But guess what? This man went down through a basket to save his head. How many of you remember that? Window, basket. He went up there. Wisdom. Don't be foolish. Are you sitting there with me? So, my time is not come. Remember he said the same thing to the mother in John chapter 4. I mean chapter 2. It was time for wine. Get the wine. Absolutely, take time to study that. It looks like even the wedding has to do with relationship with, uh, with, with Mary. That's why I'm sure she was there. And they said, get the wine. Tell him whatever he asks you to do, do it. Woman, my time is not yet. What is that supposed to mean? Time to perform what? Miracles. You must know your time and your seasons. Praise God, somebody. All right, so I tried to round up. Go read all of that. The next thing I want to just talk about briefly is the issue of transition. If you are going to go through transition in your life, I want to show you certain things that must happen. Primarily, there have to be some witnesses. You can't go through transition without a witness. When Jesus came to the baptism, that was a transition to start up a new ministry. In quotes, public ministry. There was a witness. What was the witness? The voice of the Father. I don't know if you are getting that. Okay. Romans 3 verse 20. Romans 3 20. The Bible says. Therefore by the days of the law. They shall no flesh be justified. In his sight. For by the law. Is the knowledge of sin. Verse 21. Interesting. But now the righteousness of God. Without the law. Is manifest. Be witness. By the law. And the prophets. Can you get that? What's the righteousness of God? Jesus Christ. What's the law? Moses. What's the prophet? Elijah. Where do you find that? Matthew chapter 17. Go there. Verse 1. After six days, Jesus putting Peter, James and John, his brother, and bringing them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face they shine on the sun, and his raiment was white as a light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with him, for it was witnessed by the law and the prophet, the rite and the ceremonies. In other words, the law has to do with the rite and the ceremony. The prophet has to do with what he taught and the prophesied. So these two men, they came to witness the new season of Jesus Christ. You can't go through transition without witnessing. And that is why what we are in, other than the things that the Lord has been sharing with us, Personally, there have been witnesses across the globe. And then we know precisely we are into our new season and the transition is of God. Praise God somebody. People keep writing, people keep talking. And it's important you understand what I'm talking about this morning. That if you're going to go through transition in your life, there must be a witness along the line. Somebody could come to you to tell you something. You could get a prophecy from somewhere. Somebody who doesn't even know you can just talk to you and say, this is where I think you are going. This is what I'm saying. I mean, you just can't go through that. Prophecy could come. Men with eternal witness could come and say, the Spirit seems to be witnessing to me that this is what you are supposed to be doing. There have to be. And it confirms the Spirit that is within you. There has to be a witness. Praise the Lord somebody. 
Are you following what I'm saying? That's transition. And then let me tell you this. This is what you must not do when you're transitioning. God may show you the next stage. But God will not want you to structure it now. That's why timing is important. Guess what? When it came to this place, we are made to understand Elijah said, I mean, Peter said, let's stay here. I mean, if you understand that. Let's stay here. No need to move forward anymore. You know what he was trying to say? He wanted to structure tomorrow into today. You know what that means? Because in Israel, there were three major feasts. Feast of Passover, Feast of Pentecost, Feast of Tabernacles. You can find that Deuteronomy 16. They already held as it were. You understand that Israel has come out from whatever it is. What Jesus was manifesting here, the glory they saw, was the glory of the Feast of Tabernacles. And Peter was saying, hey, we got to stay here. That means he wanted to bring the glory of tomorrow into today. You can't structure tomorrow into today. It has to be timing in due season. When the time was fully come, the day of Pentecost. How many of you understand that? Tabernacle also has its full timing. Salvation, which has to do with you being saved, the first feast, also had its timing. When the fullness of time was come, Jesus was saying, when the fullness of time was come, Pentecost was given. There was all going to be. When the fullness of time was come, tabernacles is made manifest to his people. So Peter said, man, I love this glory. Let's keep it here. You can't keep the glory of tomorrow in today. That's for another season. That's the mystery that people made. And it was mentioned in that yesterday. It takes humility to enter into the right season that God has for you. It takes waiting. He mentioned that yesterday. To enter the right season that God has for you. Peter wanted to break through. No, no, no. God said, no, that can't happen. That's why he told them, say, not knowing what he said. How, how can Peter say that? You said what he said. But the scripture said, not knowing what he said. That means you spoke foolishly because you don't understand what you're talking about. We're looking at the glory of tabernacles. You said it should begin to happen here. Even then, Pentecost have not even happened. How can that be? You knowing not what you are saying. It takes humility. It takes obedience. It takes discernment to walk in your season. To actualize every glory that God has for you. Have I helped you? Thank you, sir.